0: Welcome back to the gold standard podcast. Today, my guest is somebody who has become a friend and in many ways, a mentor to me. He is a four time Olympian. And one of the coolest things is that he was able to compete in four different decades. He is known as the luge man. And I mean, he's just done it all. He's a speaker. He's spoken for over 20 years. He um, has given a Ted talk, He has seven books all about just different topics of what it takes to find success, ultimately mindset and overcoming fear and facing challenges. And his latest book, we will talk a little bit is called uh, The Shortcut. So welcome, Ruben Gonzalez.
1: Oh, it's great to finally do this. This is awesome.
0: I know. I'm so excited to have you on. I appreciate you. I feel like there are so many different things we can talk about. Um, We only have you know, about 40 minutes, but um, we're going to talk a little bit about everything. Um, So first and foremost, I want you to just to tell me a little bit about how you kind of got into being able to, you know, I I don't even know, do you say it ride the luge? (laughs) What do you call that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You hold on and pray basically, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I'm an unlikely Olympian. I was always the last kid picked for PE. I'm not super fast and I can't jump high and I can't run Fast or super strong, I'm like your neighbor. And when I was 10, I saw the Olympics on TV for the first time and I was hooked. I thought, that's what I want to do. But I didn't believe it was possible. Back then, it was a pipe dream because if I'm not getting picked pick to play kickball. You know, I was on the bench for kickball. I didn't know I had a bench for kickball. <laughs> so I didn't believe. So I didn't do anything. And my dad got me to read books. I already liked to read adventure books. and he um, he got me to read biographies. He said, study the lives of great people. You'll figure out what works what doesn't work in life. And what I kept seeing was perseverance, right? I realized, man, they're just a bunch of hardheads, right? And my mom always called me a hardhead. So I thought, maybe you know what it takes, right? And so um, so when I was 12 years old, after reading a bunch of these biographies, I made a decision to change my life. I, I, I realized, hey, if quitting is the end of your dream. You know, and perseverance, at least you still have a shot, right? No guarantees, but at least you're in the game, then it's a no-brainer. And so I decided Ruben doesn't quit anything anymore. And by high school, my nickname was Bulldog, because I was so tenacious. And the other thing my dad always says the books, it was the books you read and the people you hang around with, right? You want to hang around winners, successful people, people that can teach you, people that have been there, not whiners and complainers who are just afraid of your success. They think you're succeeding makes them look bad. And so um I was always, you know. He was always would tell me, you know, you, gotta, you have to cross the minefield. You know, it makes sense to follow somebody's already crossed it. He was always talking about the mentor, right? Look for that coach. Look for the mentor. And when I was 21, so I see the Olympics, right, when I was 10. It wasn't until I was 21. See, I was growing. It, it takes time, right, to grow from somebody that didn't believe in himself. I see, I'm watching the Sarajevo games on TV, the 1984 Sarajevo Olympics. And I see Scott Hamilton win the gold medal. he's about five feet tall. I thought, man, if that little guy can win, I can at least play. I'm going to be in the next ones. It's a done deal. I just got to find a sport, right? (laughs) But everything changed, right? All of a sudden, I I had belief. Before, I had desire, but I needed the belief. And so uh, my first book, it's called The Courage to Succeed. And I call it that. And it's not my courage to succeed. It's the courage, right? Everybody's courage. You have to have two types of courage. You have to have the courage to get started. And everything's hard in the beginning because you don't have any get any um, any skills, right? So you have to stay in the game long enough to learn the skills, and then you use yeah. the skills to, to reach the goal, right? Well, the 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 courage to get started, it comes from uh, believing it's possible, right? If you believe yeah. something's possible, hey, I'll give it a shot. The mm-hmm. courage to not quit that comes from your desire. You want something badly enough, ain't nothing gonna make you quit. Well, I always had the desire, but I didn't have the belief. Now I see Scott Hamilton, I got the belief, and I'm ready to take action. So um i was, i played soccer all my life i was born in argentina
0: yeah and so we're all
1: soccer fanatics right i'm pretty good with the soccer ball but the other guy always got there first because i was slow and so i was still on the bench and so um so i played soccer all my life but it wasn't going to be soccer and so i see scott hamilton i get all excited i thought if he can win i'll be the next one's a done deal i gotta find a sport i went to the library got a big book about the olympics on one side, it was all the summer sports, right? And I looked at those for about two minutes. I realized, man, you got to be Superman to do any of these things. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I got down, right? And I started looking at the winter sports and it's like the analytical side of my brain, uh, you know, woke up. And I realized my nickname was Bulldog because I was so tenacious, right? That's my superpower. I don't quit. And so I'm looking through those. I thought, wait a minute. I need to find, I, I, I'm about to put together a plan, for the next four years, it probably will make sense to base the plan on my strengths, right? And so I need to find a sport that's so tough because sports got so many broken bones, and there'd be a lot of quitters, right? <laughs> only I won't quit, right? That way, perseverance works. And so I headed down to ski jump, bobsled, and luge. Uh, I lived in Houston, Texas. I'd never seen, you know, I never skied before. The only ice I can remember was iced tea. And so, uh, <laughs> but so I look at ski jump, forget it. That's suicide. No way. Bobsled, where are you going to find three other nuts who want to do the bobsled, right? I and mean, you got to go to Jamaica for that. And so that left <laughs> the luge. <laughs> and you got to get Devin, Devin Harris. He's one of the original uh, Jamaican bobsledders. And I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up, or right? remind me. Uh, okay. he's, he's great. He's got a podcast. He makes fun of me and his talks. So I got to, I got to. Amazing. So, uh, Devin, uh, so forget bobsled. And that left the luge, right? I thought, hey, I can do that one by myself. I would never seen the luge on TV at that point in my life. And by the way, it's, it's where you're, it's a bobsled track, but you're laying down on a sled, wearing a spandex suit and a helmet, pointing your toes and going <laughs> feet 90 miles an hour. Okay. And so that was my sport. And so um, uh, I'd never seen it. If I had, no way I would have done it. I just had a little picture of a guy in a luge. I thought that's the one for me. Uh, I didn't even know where the track was. And nobody in Houston was gonna know. So I wrote Sports Illustrated a letter. I figured they gotta know, right? It's their job to know. So I read them a really good letter, right? Really short, but really good. Where do you go learn how to lose? Sign Ruben. That's it, right? Bottom line. And they actually wrote back and they sent me this picture, which I'm looking at over there in my office. This picture of a guy in a luge right out of their magazine. And I put it in a frame, stuck in front of my bed, you know, and at home in my bedroom. And the first person I saw in the morning when I woke up was the Luge Man, right? I don't know what his name mm. was. I was called the Luge Man, and and so uh, he reminded me, hey, I got to work out, I got to eat right, I got to hang around with winners, got to read good books, right from strip, and that was my goal setting. And at night, before I shut off the lights, the last person I saw I mean, that was the Luge Man. So what do you think I dreamt about at night? Olympics, mm-hmm. right? Luge. So that was my. It's simple, okay? People tend to over overcomplicate things or think it needs yeah. to be complicated, but. Success is very simple. Not easy. Take everything Mm -hmm. you got. (laughs) But chances are, if you have the dream and the desire, you got what it takes. You just got to dig deep and go for it. So yeah, you
0: you have so much. We're gonna talk about other things too. But so much was in what you just said. I can so relate. You know, it's funny. I think as a little girl watching gymnastics on TV and the Olympics and same idea, like, Oh my gosh, I want to be in the Olympics. I'm watching Mary Lou Retton or Nadia Comaneci, you know? And, and I mean, I can't even do like a back then, but like, you know, that's your dream, right? Cause if you see it, you think you can be it. Right. But then it's like, yeah. oh, I, I, I can't even, I can't, my, my younger sister very good at gymnastics and, and, you know, but I'm playing softball and I'm playing soccer. And eventually, um, you know, the goal was the college scholarship. Cause for female athletes, it wasn't, you know, that available, but it was just starting to grow. Title IX was opening more opportunities and that became my goal. And so it wasn't until college when, you know, they said, okay, softball is going to be an Olympic sport that, immediately i mean within a second but like you said that desire you know to get to that next level for me was college that that belief once i was there at college i feel like then it was that next level like you talk about and that belief so books you talk about that i i agree like it is powerful to read what other people say, what they share. I mean, you can learn your learning curve just gets a lot quicker, right. Than other people that don't know and aren't learning and listening. What about today? I mean, do you think, especially with podcasts out there, you know, I mean, do you think like it's, it's a little mix of both of that? Would you say today? Yeah,
1: I'm old school, obviously. Uh, (laughs) but, um, you know the book. It's it's the best, the right book. Okay, uh, yeah. a book written by someone that's done what you want to do. Somebody that can teach you from personal experience. Okay, um, or somewhere, someone who can teach you the, the 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 success principles that will apply in your field too. That's yes. the biggest bargain in the world for twenty bucks. You get the the best stuff that they learned in their whole life. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> so I buy books all the time. I mean, uh, uh,
0: uh,
1: and I just, you know what I do. I'll, uh, whenever I'm, I'm a speaker, right. So I'm in the airport a lot. So I'll go to the airport, I'll check out the books there and I'll take pictures of the ones that look interesting. And then I, uh, I order them at the library and, you know, and I get them and one out of 10 is buying worthy. And I'll still buy the used one, right. Cause wow. I know in a couple of years I'll be giving it away cause I need my space. Right.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it's, that.
1: It doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. But only 5% have a lot. Li- 5% of Americans have a library card. That's pretty sad. And so, uh, and all the answers are in there, you know, so podcast too, you know, the right podcast, right. Not, not any podcast. So
0: well, yeah. and you mentioned, uh, you know, like listening to the right people, like you said, and for me, you know, I, I so appreciate, um, times I've come to you cause I've done speaking throughout the years, but you have done it, you know, really in a much bigger way. How long have you been speaking now? How many years?
1: 20 oh. years uh, in March. Yeah. So okay. it right after the Salt Lake city Olympics, 2002
0: unbelievable. Yeah. And that's amazing. And so I was able to talk with you and I've talked to in the past, probably couple years. Um, I've talked to people, you know, maybe in this different area who do maybe, you know, just more wide range of speaking. And I'll tell you, when I talk to you, you are the one that I've connected and related to the most. And so mm-hmm. I so appreciate what you've shared because I think in a sense, our message and our passion and our experiences are very similar, but we see how they translate to real life and everything else that we do. And we have experiences. I went to three Olympics. You went to four Olympics, you know, that other people, you know, wonder what does it take? What does that look like? And I have to show you, I mean, those that are hey, watching. Online. That? So that? I have this. As the back of the cereal box in the 2000 Olympics. Oh wow! Um, it was Golden Crispix <laughs> Kellogg's. But here's the thing: they said that they picked eight athletes who were the boy and girl next door. It wasn't the star. It wasn't the Michael Phelps of the Olympic Games. You know. And so when you say that, I so respect it as well because this idea is: I think people can relate a lot more when it's like, look at they had a dream, they set their mind at that belief. When you said belief. Literally, to me, I'm like, you have to believe you can have all the talent in the world. And if you do not have a belief that matches it, you will not achieve it. No,
1: I kind of fell into the speaking business. And and we've had this conversation. I believe it or not, I'm an introvert and um, never took a speech class in my life. And right before the Salt Lake City Olympics, this kid in my neighborhood said, hey, Ruben, when you come back from the Olympics, will will be my show and tell project in school. I thought, sure, why not? And so I thought, show and tell day, right? Everybody's showing something off, five minutes for me. And so I, I, I thought, I'm finally going to get my medal. I'm a, no prisoners. I don't care if they're fifth graders. I'm going to kill, right? <laughs> I took my sled, the helmet, the Olympic torch, because I was a torch bearer. Principal takes me to the auditorium. Well, actually, it was a room, right? It was like a cafeteria. They moved their stuff back. 200 kids sitting in the floor. He says, you got 45 minutes. And I almost ran out the door. I was so scared. And I said a little prayer, right? God, what do I do now? And what I felt, and I never heard him speak, okay? I never heard his voice, but he's put thoughts in my mind and he put feelings in my heart. And what I felt I needed to do was just tell him your story and give him some pointers, how they can reach their dream. And, um, and that was the beginning of it, right? I quit my job three days later, which I don't recommend <laughs> with a one-year-old, but um, I thought if I can, I was a copier salesman, I thought if I can sell a copier, I can sell a ribbon too. And I just started hitting the phones and I built the business. And There's ups and downs, okay? I mean, I didn't even know. this was six months after 9/11. Nobody was traveling. It was like, it was like COVID, right? Nobody was doing meetings. and here I decided to become a speaker because I don't have no clue I'll do. So it was like excitement on fire, right? It's sometimes you know ignorance on fire, sometimes better than you know all this <laughs> knowledge, but you got no belief and you're not willing to do anything. And, and that's how it started and then 2008 happened. Uh, you know, uh, where everything got knocked down to about half, right, because of what happened then, and then COVID happens, and so it just happens, it's cyclical, right, and you just have to be tough enough, and no matter what you do, not just in the speaking business, tough enough to be one of the survivors, there's always going to be a, you know, a culling, right, a time where the weak are going to get, you're out, right, and that's more market share for the ones that are willing to fight and and,
0: uh, survive,
1: right, and claw and do whatever it takes to make it happen.
0: Definitely. I I agree with you. So, you know, let's go a little bit into what the gold standard, you know, talks about because you've already hit on some of it. I want to know because the first letter G stands for goals and goal setting. And you talked about growing up having that picture. Okay, now, what does that look like as a speaker for you? What is does goal setting look like now?
1: Well, I have a number. That's my goal for I want to make this much a year. Right. And it's about it's about 50 percent more than what I've ever made right and so everything's focused to that number not because i want to not because of the riches, because of the lifestyle and tranquility uh and time off etc that that number would represent to the family right so that's my goal and everything i do is designed to do that everything i do is designed to get the next gig right the next speaking engagement and and that's my focus because uh you know, it keeps the lights on. <laughs> Got a lot of lights on today here. It's good, it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> what so you break it down,
1: right? It's all the stuff you always hear. Like when we decided we wanted to climb Kilimanjaro. Um uh I did that in 2010. And I lived at sea level. I'd never been even to a hill, I don't remember. When I decided I want to do Kilimanjaro, it's a mile higher than the Rocky Mountains. And so we hired an expert, a guy that it's in the, he's in the book too. Okay. When you get see, guys, I just wrote this awesome book. It just we, came out. We and are going
0: to talk about really that.
1: Yeah. In it and, and my guide took me to the top of uh, all my, my buddies are in it. But anyways, this guy had climbed Everest. He climbed Killy about 200 times. He was an expert, right? And he says, you do what I do. You follow me for five days and you'll be on top of Africa. And he gave us some. And, and so what do you do? Well, you follow the leader, right? And he, he, he it's kind of like the coach. He tells you how to train, how to get you prepared, and, um, and you take it step by step
0: yeah that's so good I, I I do want to talk let's talk about your your latest book it's called the shortcut tell me a little bit okay. about it
1: so after 20 years I did my first tech talk see follow leader tech talk shameless plug right there and so I um, I was a, I'm a hard hit okay so the the, the that tenaciousness right that gave me the, the where people start, kids start calling me a bulldog because I was tenacious and perseverant. That, that, that helped me get through learning how to do the luge, right? Because they, when I called Lake Placid, right, I, I wrote, I wrote Sports Illustrated. They said Lake Placid is where the track is, and so I call them up, and the guy's laughing. He says you're 21, you should have 10 years experience. There's no way, right? And I wouldn't hang up. I thought hanging up's not an option, right? that's the end of the whole deal, and so I just kept talking to him. Finally, he gets fed up and he says, Ah, we got to camp in a couple of weeks. Be there, so I go. And that's where I what he said. Before you come, you, you need to know two things. If you want to do it in just four years, uh, it's brutal. Nine out of 10 people quit. And I thought, man, this works right into my plan. It was awesome. I mean, what's the second <laughs> thing? <laughs> he said, expect to break some bones. And I thought, great, right? I thought, fine. And he goes, what's wrong with you, man? And I said, look, I hope it's 10 times harder for you to tell me, so I'm not going to quit. And he, he hangs up on me, basically. He gets, but, um, but when I hung up, The reality of what he said hit, right? I thought, hmm, you know, he says he didn't say I might break some bones, I will, right? I broke my foot twice, my knee, my elbow, my hand, my thumb, a couple of ribs. I mean, learning, right? And, uh, but I I thought, okay, what am I going to do when I break a bone? Because you got to prepare for the worst, right? And hope for the best. And so I thought, well, I've broken bones before. You wear a cast for six weeks, take off the cast, it's healed up stronger than before. So you just wasted six weeks. It's temporary inconvenience. That's what it is. And so I I can handle that. And so so that kept me going, right? Meanwhile, everybody else is quitting because they got a bruise, right? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: Maybe they didn't have the desire. Maybe they didn't do their due diligence. Maybe they didn't prepare themselves mentally before. I don't know, but they quit. Most of them would quit for stupid reasons. And so that tenaciousness, tenacity, right? That hard headedness that helped me get through the first two years when I was learning how to lose. Because I took 10 years and compressed it into two, because the next two, I was going to have to compete in the World Cup circuit to try to be one of the 50 guys that would get to compete, right? You you have to qualify. And so that same uh, hardheadedness, which was good for perseverance, was bad because I always resisted my coach's advice. I was really good at seeking out the coach, seeking out the mentor. But whenever they told me something, part of me held back, right? And and I, I learned everything the hard way. In fact, one of my first coaches said, uh, "Ruben, you're you're not bulldog. You're a half bulldog and half mule, man. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if, you if you hadn't been so hard headed, you wouldn't have gotten hurt in half as much." But uh, hey, that's just the way I am. And so before the salt, before the Vancouver Olympics, my fourth one, I was be forty seven at that time. And there's going to be only the top 40 in the world. I felt like I had my back to the wall, and I realized I'm going to have to do something different here. Um, and that's when I decided, you know, whatever coach says, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to follow the leader right away. And that's what it what that means, right? Following the leader means right away, not waiting till what you think the way you think you be done. And so I did this TED Talk where I tell the story, right? And, and it's crazy when I follow the leader. I improved. I was sliding better at 55 than I ever had before, just because I because I just let go and just you know was open to to his suggestions and took his advice right away. Imagine if i had done that, you know, 30 years ago. But um, but I did this TED talk and it's followleadertedtalk.com. watch it. That was in March. It's got 700 thousand views already. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting all these emails and stuff and letters, and I guess and I realized, wow, this is resonating with a lot of people so I thought, maybe there's a book in there. And so I had written six books that were basically nonfiction, how-to books. But it seemed like this needed to be one of those parable books where somebody is learning and learning from other mentors. And so I wrote this book called The Shortcut. See, it's called The Shortcut and uh, The Fastest Way to Achieve Your goals, And it's about this hot shot, you know, fathead uh, young executive that just like me, wouldn't listen to, to his coach. And he's on the verge of getting fired. And so they send him to this cafe where all these mentors hang out and they teach him, right? They straighten him out and then he he changes his whole life and the ending is super cool. And so, but I've never written one. Okay, so get this guys because this is a clue that's about to come, all right? And and how the mind works and how uh if you really focus on something, it's amazing when it, you, you give your subconscious a little time to percolate on it. It's amazing what happens. So I was... I get this idea that I want to write this, this book and I knew somebody, the guy, the guy who just um, uh, hired me to speak for Chick-fil-A um, earlier this year, he had written one of these, one of these parable, you know, fable books, story books that teaches with uh, Ken Leintra. And so I said, would you, would you co-write it with me? Cause I have no clue how to do fiction. You know, and he says, I don't have time, but, uh, and I'm honored, but I, I just don't have time, but you know, call me in two weeks on this day I got 45 minutes and uh and you know I can walk you through it so rather than just wait I went to the bookstore the half price bookstore okay <laughs> and uh, I bought about 15 of all those little parable books right like fish and who stole the cheese and and the iceberg one and uh yes. all of those I bought them all and, and I just plowed through them right I mean read, like speed reading them to look for similarities and look for patterns and how are they how do they put these things together. And the night before our call, right, with Mark, I wake up in the middle of the night and I got the whole plot figured out. I mean, you see, the subconscious mind was working because I was, you know, I, it's like when you do, uh, what do they call it? When you learn French or something by immersion, right? Or you go yes. somewhere and you can really learn a couple of months if you're just talking to people in French. And so, so that's where I immersed myself in that. And then I, then I thought, okay, I got a plot, but I still don't know how to write fiction characters i don't know how to do that and then i thought okay i'll just put my friends in it right i know how they talk <laughs> and so i put uh, everybody in there their characters in the story and and part of their stories you know and so uh leah is one of them and we got a bunch of them in there and it worked and um it's all uh, this i i got a 2500 of these in the in the mail not in the mail fucking up a palette uh last week and yesterday, I already got. I was. I'm working it like crazy. Okay, twenty four seven. I'm like a nut promoting this thing. I already got a, a Polish. It's getting translated to Polish, and a major, you know, it's gonna be big in Poland. <laughs> how about that? And I just got an order for uh, seven hundred fifty of them in South Africa. How, how cool!
0: Amazing. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: But if you work, you know, it's, yeah, the harder you work, the luckier you get. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: Yes. No, I love it. I love your willingness to say, I'm going to do this. Okay, I want it. And you kind of go all in and that preparation, that process part. I'm, I'm hearing that from you because we know as athletes, it really came down to our training. It came down to what we did on a daily basis and that commitment and what we learned and how quickly we could make changes and make adjustments. And right for you, obviously, if you're not making these changes, you're breaking more bones and that's going to sideline you longer. But for me, you know, I'm going to strike out and I might lose a starting role. And so that idea is how quick I have to change and what do I have to do? And we, we apply that. Um, let's talk a little bit, you know, you've talked about some of these challenges, okay. And overcoming obstacles, that's the O and the gold standard. And, you know, what would you say, um, is the hardest thing you've dealt with as a speaker? What has been the biggest challenge you faced in speaking?
1: That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, what well, it hasn't been easy. Okay. So I should be able to think of a lot of them, um, so in February of 2002, this kid asked me to, you know, be his show and tell. Three days later, I'm a professional speaker. I don't know what the heck that is. And, and I quit my job. And I got no health insurance and no income and $50,000 in credit card debt, right, from the Olympics. <laughs> and, so, and, and 9-11 just happened. But I don't know about that because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I knew it happened, but I don't know how it would have impacted this, the speaking business. I really analyzed this. I really did my homework beforehand. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and so March, April, and May, it was great. I was calling schools left and right, following up with faxes, emails, major, I mean, ma- massive action. I'm I'm speaking in schools all over the place in Houston. I didn't know what to charge. I was getting like 500 bucks. And I thought that was a, a ton because I thought 500 bucks for an hour. That's awesome. <laughs> I wasn't counting all the hours it took me to find that gig, right? <laughs> and so, uh so by August, oh, so then summer came. That's, this is the challenge. That's right. Summer came and school's out. There's no market, right? And
0: mm-hmm. for
1: three months, I didn't have a single speaking engagement. And, uh, and by August, uh, we're three months behind in our house payment. And um, uh, we're, you know, shot our credit. And I'm on food stamps by August okay so february top of the world at the olympics august humbled big time and that's what this hardhead right because this is what it takes when you're hard-headed like reuben i realized oh my gosh i tell everybody i got to find a coach or a mentor and follow in footsteps i'm not even taking my own advice mm-hmm. i can tell stories but i don't know how to i don't know anything about this business and so i found a guy in houston i discovered this thing called national speakers association there was a and there was a uh, Chapter in Houston. I went to a couple of meetings and I realized right away, um, you know, like ninety-five percent of them were eternal learners, and three of them, five you percent, know, were actually making it happen. And so I asked one of them, "Hey, will you be my mentor? Will you show me." And this guy lived in the house I wanted to live in, drove a car that I like to drive. I was actually paid for it and everything, so he had fruit on the trees, right? So he qualified to be my mentor. And he says, "Okay, here And he first he made me jump through a bunch of hoops for two months, okay, before I qualified for his time, you want to make sure I was actually be applying the stuff, and and and, um, anyways, he says, you got me once once a month, you can take me out to lunch for an hour, you got me for an hour, if you're smart, you bring a pad of paper with some questions, ask me whatever you want, afterwards, I'm going to give you some homework, if next month comes, and you haven't done last month's homework, it's over, okay, because I don't want eternal learners, I want action people, I'll tell him, hey, Sounds good to me, but uh, I'm on food stamps, man. So uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to Starbucks. You can have anything on the menu as long as it's coffee of the day. You can put as much sugar <laughs> in as you want. Because <laughs> I'm on food stamps, dude. And so uh, and he laughed. He goes, all right, fine. And first time we meet, and this guy's big old tall mean guy. He's got this sopranos vibe he's still I mean we're friends but he's still kind of you know I got he scares me a little bit still right and that's all my coaches because I'm such a hard head that's the only people get through to me and so first thing out of his mouth is I don't care if you're a 10-time Olympian unless you write a book no one's gonna take you seriously
0: because
1: author is is considered the authority of his subject he wrote the book on it I'm starting to think "Mm, this guy must have a Publishing company he's trying to sell me. He's pitching me on this thing, and, <laughs> and I said I can't write a book. I'm a seasoned English. He says you got a great story. You write it down. We get we we'll get to some A students. They can clean up for the grammar for you. Okay, that's just that's easy. That's just grammar. I was oh my gosh. I didn't think about that. He goes yeah. It's called editing. All right. So shut up and sit down. I mean, he's just bashing me, but he's teaching me. And that was the courage to succeed, which has been translated mm-hmm. to ten languages and hundreds of thousands of sales and it's opened up doors all over the place, thank God, I'll listen, right, but um, but see, the coach, the mentor, they want people to take action, all right, yes. and it, it is, and here's the beauty of seeking that person, I had all these very logical reasons why I couldn't be an author, I made season English, my parents celebrated, I brought a in anything, right? I can't write. I can't spell. I can't do any of that. How can I be an author? It's impossible. It's logically impossible. And he says, no, just do this, this, and this. What's your next problem, right? It was just like when we climbed Kilimanjaro. Whenever there was a mm. problem, he, he he knew the solution because he had experience. And all we had to do was just let go and follow in their wake, man. And so uh, that, that's, a, that's a secret. That, you know, the shortcut, that's the shortcut. And whenever I tell this to people, Um, you know, from stage, I always get the same pushback. People always say, you know, when we do a little Q&A afterwards, or maybe at the book table, or if there's a, you know, uh, meet and greet after, they always say the same thing. Ah, I just, you know, they're they're so busy, I don't want to impose, you know, and I tell them, look, you know how people always say that, Successful people are not happy either. You know, I like, she's not. She's successful. She's not happy. He's successful. He's going to <laughs> go lose something else. Well, the reason is, is because success is not the gold medal, okay? It's, it's just the mm-hmm. silver medal. The gold medal is called significance. That means you help somebody else succeed. That, that fills that little hole in your heart because it makes you realize you made a difference, right? You made a difference. You create a ripple effect of success. And so if you're as long as your attitude is, I'm going to do whatever they... T- tell me right away, and I'm going to make this, and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to make them proud. Then you owe it to them. Okay. You owe it to them to approach them because they'll help you get that silver medal reaching your dream and you help them get the goal significance. So it's, it's, that's how it is. Right. But if, that's only if you're going to be committed only with your real dream. And you're really going to do it. Otherwise don't bother.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think of my Olympic coach and he was my college coach and I will just remember so many times we're at the Women's College World Series and a younger coaches are coming to him and he's staying up all night, although he's at the biggest tournament, right? But he's not just hiding in his room, trying to hide all his secrets. He's talking, he's sharing. We would go to, you know, clinics and um, he'd speak and then he'd go listen to the other speakers because he's thinking there's always things that I can apply and I can learn. And so for me, under him, I want to learn as much as possible. I was a sponge. I want to do, you know, if I go into coaching and I've done a little bit here and there, I want to do what he did because I became my very best under his leadership because of some of these characteristics that you're talking about. And I, I'm the same as you, and you you live out what you're talking about. I think that's another important thing, right? There's a lot of people that I want to tell you, do this, be that, but they don't live it out themselves. You probably saw a lot of that.
1: Oh, and I don't have that many speaker friends for that reason. See, I, I never wanted to be a speaker. Uh, I kind of fell into the business. And then I went, uh, I didn't go to these National speaker Association meetings very much because there's a bunch of too many prima donnas too many people mm. like to talk about themselves and and uh and, and and try to come across as impressive and and try to make success sound complicated so that they would look smart right yeah I, 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 I just did not want to be around them right and so um it's it's refreshing when you find somebody that's you know that's real right keeps it real and and that's, I think that's why we became friends, because we, that's how we operate.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say that I think that people see that on stage, they recognize that, and through that, they actually relate to you more. You, you being real, that's one of the things I think is the biggest compliment I can get after I talk is, wow, like, you're real. You're not, you're not trying to talk above us. You're, you're, you're I relate to what you're saying. You've been to the Olympics. I can't do that. But, you know, I can do what you're saying in my own area of expertise,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If after my talk, the people in the audience are saying or thinking, that guy's amazing. Can you believe how great he is, blah, blah, blah? I didn't do my job. If they're thinking, oh, my gosh, if that guy can go to the Olympics even one time, I didn't do anything. Then I did my job, right? And then we'll get an email from that person two years from now saying, man, I heard you speak two years ago. It's always two years. It's like a gestation period of a big dream or something. <laughs> It always start the same way. I heard you speak two years ago and I fill in the blank, right? I lost 50 pounds or I paid off my credit card, started my business, whatever. And that makes me feel like a million bucks.
0: Oh, it's so great. I I so relate to that. Everything you're saying, that's how I feel. They probably will never remember my name, but how I made them feel and that reminder of they can do greatness. And you know, what's funny, even how I'm wired, like I tend to be really hard on myself, but then I also think if they can do it, I can do it. And then I feel the same. If I can do it, you can do it. It's like this big like circle that just keeps going. Like we all can do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what truly successful people, how they operate, right? That's why you want to hang around those winners because that's how they operate. And they'll hook you up with people, they'll connect you. They'll uh, you can run on their belief, right? Most of the time they believe in you more than you believe in yourself. But so you run on their belief till your belief kicks in. And so that's huge. And so, um, and like you I love what you said about your coach, how he was always going to the seminars. He was always reading. That's what, why he ended up being an Olympic coach. Okay. Because he was, he was hungry. He was always wanting to learn more. He wanted to learn more. And, and, and that's, that, that's what it takes.
0: It's such you a great
1: trick. You can't just fake it. Not for long. You might fake no. it once, but not for long.
0: Yeah, you won't. You won't have that sustained success for you to go to four Olympics. You were doing something consistently for me to go to three Olympics, even though I wasn't the star player. There was something that we had that was driving and and opening those doors. So as we get into the leadership piece, you talk a lot about following leader. I want to ask you, what would you say is the number one thing that maybe impacted you or characteristic that great leaders have?
1: Well, it's not about them right? They're passionate about the cause, right? Whatever it may be. Um, They're willing to outwork competition, right? They're willing to, uh, uh, because everybody's looking at you, right? So you have to, you know, I I remember when I I played soccer in college, we had, um, most of the guys in our team, it was basically the Puerto Rican, our, 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 somebody in our coaching staff went to Puerto Rico and they basically recruited the Puerto Rican junior national team of soccer. And so we got the whole team and all of a sudden I'm really not playing. But all these guys, their coach was this Argentinian guy and they loved him, their coach back in Puerto Rico. They loved him. And what they kept saying was whenever he made us do stuff, he would do it too. He would do the sit-ups too or the push-ups or the laps. And, um, and, and that made us want to work even harder. And so you have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk.
0: And that's what I, I would say that, yeah, about my coach. Um, and, and I think great leaders create more leaders. It's not just about their yeah. followers. I feel like people that are insecure leaders, they want to keep everybody down because they think it makes them feel more confident to stay in that. But people that don't have that and don't need that, they, they they surround themselves with very strong people and they delegate very well. And then yep. therefore the people that are learning, they become that much better.
1: Yeah. And they develop, like you said, they develop their leaders and that pushes everybody up, right. Instead of trying to stay up on top, uh, you know, by pushing everybody down, that's, that's not, that team's not going to win. <laughs> it's just, yes. and, and he's going to lose all his people too. If he operates that way. Um, yeah. Uh, what was that? And that's in the book, too. I mean, there's, just you know, Johnny, the guy that's a hard head he needs to learn how to be a better leader, right? And he learns, you know, he starts teaching his leaders and things, he starts applying the things he learns, And so um, uh, it's universal stuff's been around forever. And it's funny, I, I'll read a book, like, let's say, um, I don't know, maybe um, a Tony Robbins book, let's say. And he might reference a book written by Jim Rohn, who was his, his mentor. And Jim Rohn references somebody uh, from the 60s, right? Maybe uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he references somebody. And you keep going back because I like following that rabbit trail of books. And you always end up in the same place, Proverbs and the Bible. <laughs> 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 but see, the stuff's been around forever, okay? Uh, I love it. So don't try to make it look like you invented it, right? If you're one of those fathead speakers that I don't like. <laughs> I will never be the president of the National Speakers Association. And I, That's right. and I, I was just doing a podcast, not a podcast. I was just doing a virtual presentation about an hour ago for Zillow, for Zillow. And um, what did they ask me? Oh, I was telling them, don't read the papers, okay? And don't watch the news because I just... You know that just poisons you, right? It puts bad. They 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 make money. Ratings go up if they can make you mad or if they can make you scared. And mad and scared are not good for business. Okay, it's just good for ratings. So stop. And then I said, I guess um, I'll never, and said so, uh, I told them, you know, uh, you want you want to take your competition down? Buy them a USA Today subscription for free. <laughs> and I thought, man, I guess USA Today is never going to book me to speak for
0: that's probably okay actually they probably do need to hear your message (laughs) okay so the last letter is d and that comes down to dedication and drive and when i hear that that is work ethic that is habits that is action. And you talked about that. I love how you said, don't be an eternal learner, because I think there's a whole lot of people, because guess what? Getting out of our comfort zone is the action piece, right? And so go that, ahead. but that's the difference makers. Those are the people who go on and actually do these things. And if they, mis- they make mistakes, they learn from it and they just keep getting better and growing and everybody else is stuck back in the learning phase. So yep. dedication and drive, Um, What would you say are those core pieces maybe throughout the Olympics as well as now that um, are part of your habits that you, you know, have helped you to be successful?
1: Well, you know, you're constantly learning and then applying and trying different things. I'm constantly trying different things, right, to um, different approaches because you don't know. You don't know what you don't know and what you don't know can hurt you. So I try different approaches, whatever I do. And uh, like when COVID hit, for example, Uh, that March, man, the phone was was uh ringing off the hook because everybody was canceling their (laughs) canceling their meetings right and um so right away I was deer in the headlights for about two days I thought what am I gonna do and then I realized "Ah, I need my dream team so I called uh uh, Don Akers and uh and uh uh, Matt who were both in the book too (laughs) and they're both speakers right and both athletes as well and Don was a Golden Gloves champion, and Matt was, uh, he played uh, professional baseball in the Austrian Bundesliga, believe it or not. And so, um, so I called him up, and I said, look, we got to figure out this virtual thing, all right? And uh, let's throw mud on the wall. Someone's going to stick, clean up the mess later okay let's just make every mistake in the world that we can we got to make mistakes quick okay because that way we can figure out the 20 percent of the stuff that does work right and the faster we make these mistakes the faster we'll find it and so let's uh let's touch base again every we do a zoom meeting you know and and we let's touch base again tomorrow right just for 10-15 minutes uh share best practices what worked, what didn't and we did that and after two three weeks we had it figured out we had our lighting we had our our backdrop, we had everything figured out and boom. I mean, I did one today. I just got another one, it looks like from this, uh, somebody found me on, on LinkedIn, which believe it or not is pretty rare. Uh, she called me today and looks like in two weeks I'm doing another virtual one. I love virtual now, because man, you can speak in Asia in the morning, South America in the afternoon, Europe, and and uh, you didn't even have to leave your house, <laughs> so.
0: That is just great. I, I love, oh my gosh, that quote. I think I'm gonna keep that, throw them out on the wall. Some of it will we'll clean will up stick. the best later. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that.
1: My mentor told me that when he when when we were sitting and he's telling me I need to write a book. He says, do that, right? Well, I still mm-hmm. haven't had time to go back and clean up. I'm still throwing mud on the wall 20 years <laughs> later. Okay? The other thing so he good. said was don't be up for perfectionists. Perfectionists never get anything done, because uh, they're always waiting for everything to be perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. Okay. Just get started now. Do with what do what you can with what you have. If these lights go out. OK, I got one on my over there. I got one over there. I got two up there. <laughs> if they go out, I'm going to be here with a big lighter or a candle. But the show must go on. OK, I mean, seriously, it's, it's just an attitude that you're just going to do whatever you can, with whatever you have. Because nothing's ever going to be perfect. And so you should go for it. And here's wow. one. Yeah, I'm sure you heard this. Zig used to say this. He said, so, uh, and this is this is your sport, right? It's, this is not about luge. Uh, he says, uh, you win some. You lose some and some get rained out. That's just life. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So when things don't work out, hey, that was a rained out day, but we're going to keep playing because you know there's another game tomorrow. Gotta i got to pay my bills tomorrow.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, I love it. Um, how can people find you?
1: Oh, let me, let's do it this way. Yeah, let's go. The shortcut book, add book to that.com. The shortcut book.com. That'll show you about the book. And you can get it if you like. You're going to love it. Um, and if not, you can go up to the top, and uh, that's actually my website. So you can, you know, it's just one page of my big website, theshortcutbook.com or thelugeman.com. But it's hard to spell. We might even spell luge. Believe it or not, I get a call every two years. Well, this, I swear to God, okay? Every two years, it seems like I get a call from someone that's looking for specialty lug nuts. Are you the lug man? I said, no, I do. <laughs> I guess you start selling lug nuts on the side. I don't know.
0: But <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Is there anything, you know, last remarks that you want to share? You have shared just so much wisdom. Obviously, you are a very talented speaker and you've traveled the world sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your encouragement, your tenacity, like you talked about. Um, is there is there anything just to, to finish with I just
1: want to leave you all with this thought if you know I, what are the chances somebody like me can make it to the Olympics even one time okay I mean you might think it's like one in a million but it was inevitable right it was inevitable four times and so because I I wanted it right I had that desire I I was uh, willing to do the work, follow coach eventually, right, it took me three Olympics to follow him right away, but I was following, follow the coach and refused to quit, it wasn't one in a million, it was, in, and I was born in Argentina, came to the state, I'm an immigrant, right, I I lived in Houston, Texas, I go pick a winter sport, I don't get started until I was 21, right, what are the chances, it's so, what are the chances you can make your goals and dreams come true this year or maybe next year, right? Let's shoot for December of next year. Give you some, some wiggle room, okay? What are the chances? It's not one in a million, okay? It's inevitable. As long as you're willing to seek out that mentor, follow that leader right away and outwork the competition and refuse to quit, right? Work your tail off. People start calling you lucky. I promise you. So, yeah. Oh, so much to
0: take way something that we can share we'll have to have you on again another time thank you guys thank you Ruben um if you found this helpful on this podcast we'd love for you to share it with others and we hope that you are inspired to be your very best no more excuses overcome any obstacles in your way because you have greatness inside of you so thanks for listening to the Goal center podcast sponsored by major media League. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the gold standard podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. You can post on social media and tag at Leah 20 USA or use hashtag gold standard podcast. Make sure you also subscribe. So you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe rate and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. We appreciate your reviews as they help encourage others to listen in. Until next time, live out the gold standard and keep turning your goals into reality.